1: I am not Bob Lovell. The summer of not having Bob is underway. Jimmy Cook last night. Greg Rakestraw, ISC Sports Network tonight. But it is a very, very, very busy Saturday night in local sports. And here with as many as many scores as he can fit in in less than 120 seconds. The true star of the show and fellow Greyhound, Eddie Garrison.
3: Thank you, Greg Greg Straw, Pleasure to be with you tonight, along with Chris Carter in downtown Indianapolis. Our Greyhounds were in action today in the Super Regional and the NCAA Tournament at the Division II level. Did not go in favor of the Hounds tonight. They lose to Millersville 6-5. to five. They gave up three in the bottom of the seventh on a three-run home run. Good news, though, they'll be back in action. Winner go home from here on out. They will play again on Monday. Other college baseball scores from today, the Kentucky Wildcats and the Indiana Hoosiers. 5-3 final score with the Hoosiers coming out on top. A late run in the eighth inning to add insurance to make it five to three. But a big three run bottom of the seventh is what gave the Hoosiers a 4-3 lead and ultimately resulting in the five to three win. They will now play tomorrow uh at six o'clock. And if there is an if necessary game, they'll play on monday between the winner of the kentucky wildcats game and west virginia because west virginia defeated ball state tonight 13 to 5. for network indiana sports i'm eddie garrison
1: now when i let into eddie i said okay it's all the scores that he can give in the matter of two minutes and then there's finely crafted messaging for, you know, browncountylogcabins.com, you can't get to everybody, right? Well, that's why I have John Sherman lined up, the radio voice of the Sycamores, because, yes, the Indiana Hoosiers are in a winner's bracket game in the regional in Lexington, but Indiana State is hosting their own regional, and you know what? They're in the winner's bracket game as well. They await the winner of Iowa and North Carolina tomorrow night because they beat the Iowa Hawkeyes 7-4, and for a second consecutive, Day the eighth inning was magic in front of more than 2300 wabash valley terra cheering on their team tonight john sherman had the call on 105.5 the legend hello my friend how are you um
0: uh, i'm trying to catch my breath my friend i am just trying to catch my breath right now unbelievable atmosphere and an unbelievable baseball game
1: tonight. All right. Tell me how the eighth inning worked uh, because obviously it was magic against Wright State yesterday. Five runs this time around. Walk me through it. So
0: so it starts off with a hit-by-pitch. So we start off with getting hit for the 115th time, it seems. <laughs> and then we get a single out of it. We get a strikeout looking. We get a stri- they, First of all, it goes to the bullpen, which was fantastic because Brody Breck was There's a reason he's going to be a first-round draft pick in in Major League Baseball's draft. But we get a single by Luis Hernandez, and then we get just a little, uh, I called it a duck snort on the air, goes off the glove of their shortstop, out into left field to load the bases, and then Mike Sears gets walked. So we walk in a run, it's 4-3. They get a strikeout, and then Miguel Rivera, who's a graduate student on Miami, Florida, who had struck out a couple of times, had not done very well, made an adjustment. And he delivers the biggest double off the wall in right center field. It was ironic because it went off the the, uh, facing where all of our um, regional teams have gone, all the years of our regional teams. And that gives us the lead. And then Grant McGill, who was the hero yesterday afternoon, hits a double to right center off the wall. We score two, get five across in that inning. And then we bring in Jared Spencer, and, and I don't know what he clocked of at, but from my vantage point, he was sitting about 97, 98, and it was uh, it was great. And we finish it off with an unbelievable double play from Urdaneta to Diaz to Rivera, and they challenged it at the end at the play at first. And this place erupted twice <laughs> uh, after knowing it was going to be the double play, and then when the officials came out and ruled it out. This place erupted for the second time, and we go to a regional championship game for the second time, the first time since 2019, where we had to come out of the loser's bracket and got beat by Vanderbilt. But now we're sitting here, uh, you know, one win away from going to a super regional.
1: You are a lifer in terms of Terre Haute, and you have more than enough sweat equity in the Indiana State University athletic program because of various jobs you have held there for the course of the last couple of decades. Simply put, what have these two days been like in the Wabash Valley?
0: Well, I can tell you this. I'm working on about three and a half hours worth of sleep over the last two days. So, And I, I, I told my wife, I said, I could sleep during July um, because this has just been the most surreal week that I've ever had. In my time here in Terre Haute, because I was here when we built Bob Warren Field, when we took down the old Sycamore Field and to build this, and to sit there with Bob Warren himself and watch it all come, and now you're hosting a regional that I can honestly say I never thought would ever happen to a mid-major or to a Northern team, nonetheless being here at Indiana State, and to do that with the people that are here, the people that have just let blood, sweat, and tears at this place, to watch this all come to fruition, it's just the most surreal thing I've ever had uh, happen in my professional career. And I sat back yesterday, I walked out of our booth, and you've been here many a times, and I walked out and I just stared at the soccer field that's behind our field that was just filled with cars. Yeah, And there are 200 alumni down in the tent tailgating, and there's just cars and people coming in You know, we were supposed to open the gate 60 minutes beforehand. We're opening up 90 minutes because the line is so long to get into place. It's just the most surreal thing that I've ever been a part of. And now with this team, you know, a win away from going to a Super Regional. um, You know, you think about it, you're three wins away from going to Omaha. And I was around here in 86 when that team went, but I wasn't as close. They're friends now. But it's just amazing to watch this all happen for this university and this community.
1: Buddy, keep enjoying that magic carpet ride. I am cheering for, for you know uh, for you from Indianapolis for tomorrow night and Monday if needed. I hope you don't, because it means you can celebrate as of tomorrow night. Enjoy your evening, my friend, and go get some shut-eye, okay?
0: A shut-eye is not an option right now, man. <laughs> we're going, our, we're, we still got to clean this place. Our guys are doing a tremendous job. They're out there actually mowing the grass right now, and the rest of our administrative staff is picking up garbage around this place to uh, to get it ready. But it's uh, I appreciate the the, uh, the thoughts and the compliments and let's go Sycamores.
1: Roll trees, John Sherman will joining us. We'll talk more about ISU's win and IU's too when we come back.
4: Just
1: getting warmed up on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Greg Rakestraw in for Bob Lovell. Bob wrapped up season 29 for him as of last Saturday night. He now gets June and July off. Bob is back the first weekend of August for season number 30. So you will hear a variety of somewhat familiar voices hosting over the course of the next few weeks. You heard Jimmy Cook last night. I think I'm in three times for the course of the summer. I know Derek Schultz is going to be in a a few times. I'm sure Brendan King will get uh, a turn at bat or two around his South Bend Cubs schedule. Um, And maybe it's a different type of show in the summer. But there are rarely nights or weekends like this. And something that is obviously very different is the amount of college baseball that we're going to talk on this program. If you say we talk baseball in the summer, well, duh, you hear from Howard Kelman every Friday and every Saturday. You hear from Mike Maas in Fort Wayne or from Brendan King in South. I think Brendan's got a wedding to go to this weekend, so no BK on the show this week. But, you know, we mix in talking minor league baseball but there is a chance that two of the last 16 teams standing in division 1 baseball are Indiana and Indiana State you can hear the emotion in Sherm's voice, and for those that don't know John Sherman, if you're from the Wabash area, I'm sorry, the Wabash Valley from the Tarot area, you know Sherm. You know him from WTHI. You know him from radio. He's worked for Indiana State now for the better part of the last two decades. Had largely been kind of in a behind-the-scenes role. Now has kind of come back in terms of more of a radio broadcast role, and what a time for that to be the case. I have been for – A, I've known John for 20, 25 years, and he's a great guy. But secondarily, the folks in Indiana State have actually invited me over to do a few games. Over the course of this season, I saw him in football. I saw him in basketball and I had him twice in baseball and they beat Purdue and Illinois in the two games that I was there. And that's when the ball really kind of got rolling and I didn't have time to follow up with Sherm. But my guess is the guy that's going to get the ball tomorrow to potentially send them on to the super regional is a kid named Lane Miller, who is a student assistant coach at the beginning of the year. He was not a member of the 40-man roster. He was kind of playing out the string from a scholarship standpoint. He was, And he still is going to enter, I believe, the Navy as part of a postgraduate program uh, coming up in the fall. He's already gotten his degree at this point. He's like a lot of the kids that have gone through kind of the COVID era of college athletics. He's a fifth-year kid. Already has his degree, but really had kind of gotten to the point where he wasn't considered to be an active pitcher anymore he was so good in terms of getting his teammates out in batting practice and throwing like 200 300 pitches in a session you get to midweek game coach kind of goes hey why don't we put you on the roster and start you against Purdue and he pitched into the ninth inning and he came back five days later and got a win and he's not lost since he re-entered the lineup on March 28th. He's been their Sunday starter. Usually your Sunday starter is your third best starter. Kid hadn't lost in the last two months. And Indiana State, who everybody knew was going to be an NCAA tournament team, but when they got a regional, and I'm not trying to pretend to be some sort of Division One baseball expert here, but a lot of those that follow the sport say well we have to tweak the rpi clearly the rpi is over you know is, is overrated indiana state was two and nine against teams in the top 50 well they're two and oh in the games that count iowa a team that beat indiana state in the opening game of the year in extra innings who by the way their head coach is the former indiana state head coach Iowa and north carolina play tomorrow winner gets indiana state if indiana state wins that game They're on to the Supers. If they lose, they'll come back and play a winner-take-all game on Monday in Terre Haute. Bob Warren is a phenomenal facility. Usually it seats about 1,000 to 1,500. They have tried to add bleachers as best they can. Um, If you've ever been over there, there's actually a graveyard out in left field past the fence. I'm not sure they can put bleachers there. They may need to, to get more people to accommodate those that want to watch the games in paradise. Good luck to Indiana State. Now, if you're thinking, I haven't talked enough about IU yet, you're right. Because as anybody from the state of Indiana, we take supreme pleasure in beating Kentucky in anything. And Indiana beat them 5-3 in their yard tonight. We're going to talk to their radio voice in Austin Render in the next segment of the show. But right now, it's Eddie Garrison's time to shine. Time for scoreboard number two of the evening of many on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
3: Thank you, Rick. Stanley Cup Finals, game number one, Las Vegas Golden Knights in the Florida Panthers. Game one is in Vegas. Currently 2-1, to one advantage for the Golden Knights. about nine minutes left to go. And period number two, Major League Baseball going on right now. The Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins, they're headed to the bottom of the ninth inning. Cleveland leads the Twins 4-2. to two. Guardians have yet to win a game of the series. Tomorrow could possibly be the fourth and deciding game for Cleveland to come away with the series tie. Coming up at 10-10, you can watch this game on Fox Sports 1, the San Diego Padres and the Chicago Cubs. Game 2 of 4 between the two teams last night. It was Dainsby Swanson's solo homer in the fifth. That was the deciding factor. Cubs won 2-1. to one. Taking the mound tonight will be the veteran left-hander Drew Smiley for Chicago, and the veteran right-hander for San Diego will be Yu Darvish. He'll deliver the first pitch at 10-10, Chicago White Sox, Detroit Tigers, 2-1 final score in 10 innings and in not a conventional way for the White Sox to win it in extra innings. It looked like a cross-up on pitch between Eric Haas, the catcher of the Tigers, and pitcher Jose Cisnero of the of the Tigers, and the pitch hits the umpire in the face. The umpire, Gary Blazer, seemed to be okay, got up, walked it off, but that's how the Chicago White Sox won tonight tonight. Two to one. They're now twenty-five and thirty-five. The Tigers dropped to twenty-six and thirty. Pittsburgh Pirates, they defeat the St. Louis Cardinals again today's final, four to three. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
1: lot of baseball as it should be in the month of June here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk but it's of the college variety we'll get to the minor league side of things coming up in a matter of moments as well we spent a good chunk of the first 15 20 minutes talking about Indiana State they're hosting a regional they're the regional championship game Indiana University is not hosting but they're in the regional championship game, too, because they beat their number one seed in their region in their yard tonight. The man that had the call for Indiana University Radio for Baseball is Austin Render, who is enjoying a win and an ice cream cone as we speak. <laughs> Austin, how you doing?
2: Greg, I appreciate you coming on. There's no better way to celebrate than a nice ice cream cone.
1: There is no way, better way to celebrate than anybody from Indiana winning anything in the state of Kentucky, and I'm I'm the guy that gets to call the Indiana-Kentucky <laughs> All-Star Series uh, over the course of the next few days, so I think this is a good sign of things to come. Uh, uh-huh. How the Hoosiers get it done tonight, Austin? Uh,
2: I, By battling. Uh, it was not your best baseball game by any means, but they battled and the pitchers were not their sharpest, but they gave it everything they had. They battled, they put guys on base and they worked around them and guys at the plate didn't have their best stuff late in the game, drew some walks, got some hits. And of course, Peter Ceruto's three run Homer uh, proves to be the dagger for Kentucky. But even in the ninth, our pitcher puts two on with one out and he works two fly balls to get out of the inning uh, and wins the game. So it was not pretty. But it doesn't have to be in the regional. You got to find a way to grind out some wins in the Hoosiers' battle today.
1: The box score and the scoreboard is an absolute beauty uh, at, at five to three. <laughs> and, and there are a handful of Indiana guys that contribute to this. You know, Josh Pine being from Linton Stockton yesterday, Ty Bothwell from Boon Grove, Craig Yoho's an in-state kid. Connor Foley's a, a Jasper kid. But I know that Ceruto, if he's not a Jersey kid, he used to play there. He's a Rutgers transfer. What has his season been like for uh, for Coach Mercer's squad?
2: Uh, Ceruto is invaluable. We had our starting catcher, Matthew Ellis, go down with an injury in April and has not played since. And Pete has had to catch basically every inning since. He had one game off in there and has caught about 48 games this season, something like that. Uh, Jeff, is, Jeff Mercer has joked that, his knees are not going to thank him for that effort, but uh, he, is, uh, he has been a warrior behind the plate. He is a brick wall, and he's having the best season of his career at the plate as well. He's hitting about 270 uh, and not a big home run hitting guy, but goes off field to, uh, to right to win the game. And uh, I mean, it, it, is, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Pete's one of my favorites to hang out and, and be around, just a really good guy and a great leader for this team in his fifth year.
1: Well, another guy that's a local guy to the state of Indiana is Tyler Cerny, as in from Center Grove High School. He's been a big part of the year. He may not be a part of tomorrow's game. Explain exactly why he was asked to leave the building early tonight.
2: So it's funny because a starting pitcher for West Virginia yesterday, Blaine Traxel, actually had this happen to him, and it was one of my notes on him for yesterday, when you – you cannot – you can celebrate with a prop in your dugout, but you cannot under any circumstances take any prop out of your dugout onto the playing surface. Blaine Traxel, West Virginia, was suspended for this because – ejected for this because he brought a cone on his head and ran around with it <laughs> out on the field. And Tyler Cerny brought the chain necklace that the Hoosiers put on their home run hitters. He brought it out onto the field to put it on Pete – Instead of waiting until he got into the dugout it's it's a it's not you're you're not really committing a crime or anything right. or it's not a, a blatant rule by any means but but it is written you know it, you can't do it and, and Tyler violated that so he came out of the game. hopefully we'll have him back but uh his status uh, to my knowledge is still to be determined
1: All right, so you get the winner of the first game between Kentucky and West Virginia. what time do you guys play tomorrow night?
2: We'll be on at 6 o'clock tomorrow night facing either those Wildcats again or the Mountaineers again. It'll be a rematch either way.
1: All right, and I know, obviously, from a team perspective, the focus is, hey, let's win tomorrow night. But as a broadcaster, you can think ahead. If you get past tomorrow and or Monday, what regional winner would the Hoosiers play?
2: they play the winner of the Baton Rouge Regional, so a very good LSU squad is the number 5 overall seed. Uh, they took care of Tulane yesterday. I haven't. I think they're playing tonight at no. nine o'clock. So they're underway against Oregon State. Um, but yeah, that that's a very good LSU team with the pitcher of the year and the player of the year in the SEC. So uh, not going to be easy. But uh, the Hoosiers got to take care of business tomorrow first.
1: Austin, you can worry about that next week. I hope you get there, buddy. Thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of that ice cream cone.
2: Greg we appreciate it thanks for having me on and uh enjoy your weekend
1: you got it Austin Render he is the radio voice of the Indiana Hoosiers baseball team they too are on the regional championship game from the Hoosiers to the voice of the tribe Howard Kelman the Toledo Mudhens have been the cure for all ills for the Indianapolis Indians the Indians win again tonight by a score of 10-7 good evening my friend how are you
4: Greg, I'm doing great, and you're exactly right what you said. This was the fifth of the six-game series, and four of the five games, the Indians have been in double-digit totals in the run column as well as the hit column. So this was a little closer than it was throughout the game, and that Toledo got five runs in the ninth inning to make it 10-7. to But the Indians dominated again. They got great starting pitching, seven innings from Osvaldo Vito, only two runs. And they are now within a game of 500. They are 27 and 28, looking to get to the 500 mark tomorrow.
1: What has been, obviously, whom they are playing has certainly helped, but who's been playing well over the course of this week, Howard?
4: Miguel Andovar has really torn it up. He had four more hits tonight, Greg. He had a big three-run homer last night. In and Smith and Jignus been great had the Grand Slam last night hit well again so it's been a collectively a team effort but those guys have really stood
1: out. It is the uh, the first week of what is a two-week homestand for the Indianapolis Indians. They'll open up a six-game set with the Omaha Storm Chasers on Tuesday, but first things first, they are looking for another W against those Mud Hens from Toledo tomorrow at 135 at Victory Field. Howard, as always, buddy, thanks for calling and checking in. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Please give Robin my best. Great. thank you
4: very much, and this our only two-week home stand of the
1: season. You got it, buddy. And so it's usually, thank you, my friend, Howard Kelman. And so normally the Indianapolis Indians will alternate weeks as to home and road. Well, they're always off the week before the 500, so they're not competing with the 500. And because of the IHSAA Baseball State Finals, they're always off Father's Day weekend. So because of that, back-to-back weeks in June where you can go catch the Indianapolis Indians at Victory Field If you're in the Indianapolis area or not, make it a point to come to Indy and check out the Indianapolis Indians. 30 minutes down, two hours left to go. Just get warmed up.